0: Hi and welcome to the Boat Princess Podcast. My name is Nikki Vo and I'm your host. I am a boat owner, a marina owner, a director on the Marina Industries Association and a huge advocate for boating. In this series, I'm sharing the stories from every nook of the boating industry with the intention of encouraging more women to join me and for more women to get behind the helm too. I want to share the experience and opportunities of boating, of the boating industry and I want you to join me as I bring the conversations and answer all the questions you've had. Boating is not just for the glamorous and rich and famous. It's full of beautiful and interesting people making the most of our natural environment and getting out there, enjoying the waterways. So let's set off the lines, take over the helm and escape to the world of boating. So hi everyone, we're at the final day of Sanctuary Cove Boat Show. It's a beautiful sunny day. It is a little bit noisy here, so just bear with us. The the, it, the old helicopter fl- flies over and these beautiful flags flying next to us, but just bear with us on that because I have somebody that I adore here today that I am going to talk to. She actually works with me on my girls' getaways business, Venus Getaways, as my Byron Bay consultant or uh, yeah she's my Byron Bay division let's call you the Byron Bay division Kaylee so good, Thank you. so Kaylee <laughs> Porter Smith is with me but in she's got an interesting background we're going to chat with her about so Kaylee welcome to the Boat Princess podcast
1: Thank you Nikki it's beautiful to be here
0: so we're going to ask you about your career. You are now doing what you're doing and you have a small child to look after at home and all that sort of thing too. But let's start back in the early days of your career. Can you give me some insight into that?
1: Good question, Nikki. I would say um, I started in Five Star at the age of 17 and then had a journey. Can you explain what Five Star is? Five Star, I was working at the Hyatt Regency um, in Perth. So, I was trained right to the top. So, I was working in an um, exclusive lounge, which is access to um, the top two levels of the hotel. So, straight away, I was somehow picked up <laughs> and um, managed to make my way up there. And from there, that just gave me so many opportunities from where I guess my career, my life took me. Um, and I think it's one of those things where you know you trust and you give. Or I learned a lot about service and people back then, and um, it was just a really great um, way to see how you know any doors can open, and then that led me to travelling around the world. Travelling around the world—that's quite a statement. So it yes, <laughs> it <laughs> is. Let's with that. Let's go
0: into that one. Especially
1: after COVID, um, I took off. I, I mean, I did my studies. I went to uni and did tourism and marketing, so business degree. Um, and I started in hotels and worked, you know, in that five-star area as well. Um, that gave me basically a ticket to work over in Canada. I started over there in Whistler, um, and Whistler? again, Whistler, I loved, I loved it. I had never seen snow before. This, you didn't know this about me, being living in Perth, the most isolated city in the world. Um, I had never been to the east coast, to see snow, and 21 went straight there, and. Um, whether I liked it or not, I was there for a season, and I managed to get a job lined up before I arrived, and that was working um, with a Fairmont chain. Oh, lovely. The Fairmont, Fairmont at Whistler? at Whistler. Oh, that's my best friend's favourite hotel in the world. Isn't it gorgeous? Mm. And Lake Louise, and the best thing is once we're in staffies, we could stay anywhere for $60 oh. a night in Canada the advantages of the (laughs) hospitality industry folks. absolutely and there I went straight to the top again (laughs) um, and worked in the equivalent to the Regency Club at the Hyatt so I had that training background behind me Um, so amazing views of the mountain I wasn't downstairs in the cafes I was up the top so um, uh, same thing doing uh, like the breakfast service and evening drinks and canapes and hostessing so that was, I was 22 then Wow. And then from there, you went into the boating world, didn't you? Well, I went over to London and that was kind of the journey back then. Um, Canada to London, or yeah, I went from London to Canada. I went over to London and I got into... My background was event management. Um, Got into the corporate world and I did that for about 18 months. And then I'm like, I'm kind of over this um, city scene and I love the ocean. So, I decided to... Literally pack up my bag again, a backpack on me, and I headed straight to Antibes in um, France.
0: That's a beautiful part of the world. That's and gorgeous. what did you find in Antibes?
1: Antibes. So I literally arrived. Um, or before this, I have to add, I had some insight from an Australian captain working over in. Um, had been working in the Mediterranean for quite a. Quite a few years. He gave me a few tips. He said, before you arrive, make sure you've done your stw w 13 if I can remember, recall that correctly. So um, before I left London, I'd gone and studied for two weeks and did my training. So I had that certificate behind me and plus my five star and I went to Antibes with a backpack. I got there and the morale was quite low. Actually, I just arrived after a lot of the yachts had recruited, Um, and I had a lot of Australians around and people around going, "You're not going to get anything." Okay, we'll see. I'm here for a reason. Um, I, within 10 days, basically cut the long story short. I had a a job as a stewardess on a 50-meter motor yacht.
0: Just a fifty meter.
1: Just a fifty straight in, and um, they said first thing they said to me in the interview, "Are you starstruck? Do you get starstruck?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't really know. I'm twenty, you know, twenty three, and I." So basically, we had um, Rod Stewart. He was our first guest, and I went straight in. Rod Stewart, and he was getting married to Penny Lancaster. so um, quite an amazing story I just went straight in not knowing anything um, pretty amazing actually and I just I just had to trust and I knew what I had behind me and whole new industry but yeah it was an incredible six months so oh look
0: at that that's the voting industry ah. right there the background <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah um, so, um, I'm hearing some determination there, Kaylee. Yes. You you had some people say to you, ''Oh, no, don't bother. You're not going to get a job.'' And you said, ''No, actually, I'm here and Mm -hmm. I'm determined to do something.'' So that's a character uh, strength that you have. Where do you think that character strength has developed in you? Is it somebody in your life that's given you that determination?''
1: great question, Nikki. Um, I I have to say a lot has come from my family background. My dad's probably been a bit of a risk taker when it comes to business. Um, So I've always kind of had his back, no matter what. Um, And he's always, I've me deep here, I've always been his butterfly. (laughs) So that's yeah, so no matter what even my age now, I'm in my late, late 30s, um, I'm still always Bees Butterfly and he's just given me that, you know, to follow your dreams and I did, I, it was actually scary to leave early 20s from Perth from that isolation, did it on my own and I get, learnt a lot about myself in those early years so um, and then I slipped back to life in Australia of course but it was those years I think myself as well that Um, the strength came from within too
0: growing up in Perth is a pretty remote space to grow up in so um, that gives you a certain I I guess sheltered view of life so going over to Europe like that as a young woman that was that was a pretty ballsy move on your part Um, and do you think you really grew up in that period of time?
1: second part definitely yes um i i i can still remember exactly how i was feeling in certain points where i could have been completely terrified going all i've got right now is myself and this moment i have no idea what's in front of me like sitting with a backpack on my back or leaving all my beautiful friends from nine months in Whistler going, I'm following my journey, I'm going to London, I'm being caught, I'm doing that. Um, sitting on the Greyhound buses and then going off on my own, on my own journey. And that was all pretty much before social media. Yeah, and, it, and even, were well,
0: mobile phones, a regular thing at that time or not? I have to say
1: it was actually Hotmail, <laughs> you know, Hotmail account. i still got that. Um, th- well, th- talking about two, uh, I first started t- 2005 because it was not really that long ago.
0: See, she's so much younger than me. That just, yeah, she's a baby. Uh,
1: thanks. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're doing, all are doing amazing, you know, <laughs> social media and everything, <laughs> like catching up. You look fabulous. <laughs> Take that one. No, um... I think that was the biggest thing and, you know, my best friend back then, yeah, we was at the internet cafes and we would book, sit there, I think it was just booking backpackers.com or something like that to the next destination, at least have a night planned. That's how we lived. There was nothing else. There was no... What are we only talking about 15, 16 years ago? Yeah.
0: And and when you go back to when I was backpacking, another 20 years before that... Um, <laughs> I wrote, to m- I wrote back to my mum and dad sort of once a week and that's the only way they knew I was okay. Right.
1: Yeah. And we, I, well, I
0: couldn't afford the phone. Yeah, Cause in those days it was how it was monitored. Um, wow. it was that you pay for X amount of time to ring England from Australia and it was really expensive. So, a backpacker, you couldn't afford to phone mum and dad. And you were at different places, so they couldn't phone you either. That's so right. So, it's it's incredible. And now, we're following our kids on Life360 going around the world. <laughs> so, it's, it's completely different to what it was. So, that was a really brave move that you did doing that. Um, so, tell me about... You've got into the super yacht industry. You're a stew on, and we call them stews. Oh, I know that sounds I don't know. terrible. I guess I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's I don't like that term um, stews, but it, it is used. Yeah. Um, on a super yacht. Um, can you tell us a little about a, a day in the life of working on a super yacht?
1: Good can question. You think back that far? I can. I can. It's so. Fr- it's still quite fresh, actually. I can remember. Um, a lot. <laughs> um, so basically, a, a stewardess. Your role is um, there's three divisions within the boat, and the stewardesses take care of the whole interiors of the yacht. Whereas the say the males, the typical scenario, they work on the exteriors. So that's your deckhands, um, and it goes all the way up to your first officer and uh, your captain. So there's very much a hierarchy in the interiors in your stewardess. Um, there's head stew. Depending on the, side of the size of the yacht, um, there was th- there was a second stew and then two juniors. I was a junior. <laughs> I went straight in as that. Um, so we were had, we were responsible for laundry, cabins and service. Um, so we were basically. I'm going to say this: we we're the, probably the most highest paid toilet cleaners. You get told, it's cold, <laughs> to do that, cabins. Um, there's laundry and I thought I wouldn't like laundry but I actually started to enjoy laundry because I had that time, that solitude to myself.
0: It's quite therapeutic doing oh, laundry, isn't it? It's
1: incredible. Like next to the coffee machine, down in the crew mess, we call it the crew mess, crew quarters. You don't have to face people and like your head's stew or, you know, demands or... It was, it was especially if you had a few drinks the night before. <laughs> But not, of course, not in Charter. Of um, course not. No. So, uh, yeah, so I guess it was a rotation for us, um, cabins, and we'd all, quite interesting, we were walkie-talkies as well, so that was our communication. So we were basically the ghosts, let's say the fairies, however you want to say it, behind. So no guests could really, we get told, could not see us. So we couldn't, being in that junior role, we weren't able to talk to guests. Um, We couldn't ask questions, but if they spoke to us, we'd respond. That's how we were actually trained. Um,
0: And when did your day sort of start and finish?
1: So if we were on service, sorry, I didn't get service, so we had to kind of prove ourselves before we would go into service. You'd wake up um, breakfast early, set up breakfast, so that would be like 6 a.m. potentially to have it all ready for 7 a.m., um, and we, when you're on the service shift, you wouldn't go to sleep until the last guest went to sleep. So it could be quiet into the earlier hours of the morning. Um, you have a break, but during that break you just want to sleep.
0: And so do, you have, do you have? do five days, six days, seven days? How does that work? Uh,
1: it depends. On charters, um, so that's the busiest time. So we wouldn't have a break. We, we would be rotated in our shifts. Would it be laundry, cabins or service? Um so sometimes we might have two-week charters. We could have a five-day or seven days, but because we were in the Mediterranean, we would go for fairly big journeys. So anywhere probably between ten to fourteen days, um, and we were just we were just on. But the beauty of that, though, is um, of course we had our time off afterwards, and when we would have time off. In these amazing places like Saint Tropez, is what I loved about the yachting industry. Um, when you weren't doing service, more the interiors, you would be able to go off and be in Saint Tropez or um, Capri and have a few hours to yourself. And I loved that because I was just no one knew me. I could just really be and explore these incredible places that I wouldn't be able to do as, let's say, a young traveller.
0: Can you share with me some? important qualities you need you think you need to have if you're going to work on a super yacht
1: um i think definitely that determination um that strength that willingness to uh, you know i say do the hard work it is hard work it's long hours but you also get the rewards of amazing travel um, living on the ocean, that's what I was sharing earlier today at the boat show, like I just loved, that was my sea change from the city living on that you know, being, waking up with the ocean around you and when you have those moments to yourself, you're like wow this, this is amazing.
0: Australians are um, very egalitarian and being on a super yacht is a very the crew are the crew and the guests are the guests, it's a very distinct division between the two did you have any problems adjusting to that whole approach as an Australian
1: yes and no um, I think from my five-star training I kind of was exposed to that at a young age so it really helped me to deal with that um, what I loved though about depend it comes down to people in the day. Um, there were some amazing guests on board and they wanted to connect, like Rod Stewart. Like We went to have a photo at the end and I was the first one to kind of take my order and stand there ready to have the photo. He came back and he stood right behind me the whole time making jokes. I couldn't, I couldn't laugh. <laughs> I couldn't really talk. Um, <laughs> but it was just nice, I think. And I talked eventually because we were on the charter for, you know, two weeks. Um, I said I was from Perth. And I was able to talk more in the evenings when you weren't kind of being, um, I will not say watched or under the protocol of what it is to be a staff member, crew member. Um, so, you know, you take it and there were some amazing friends, i got to say, that I've met in the industry and the crew. We had each other's back. So that was really special. That's nice. Um,
0: so it's not like all like below decks.
1: No, there's a... <laughs> Depends. Depends who you are, Nikki. <laughs> 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 Definitely depends. I, I think I was a little, quite humble, a little bit naive, but also still um, had grown within myself a lot. So uh, it, it comes down to different people that you work with. You can trust some people and some others you can't trust yeah. as much. Yeah. And that's how friend you know friendships grow. So I feel like there was still a very loyal um connection yep. to people and I yep. loved that. Yeah, um, It was just long hours.
0: Just for those listening, that boat toot at Boat Show, that means they've just sold a boat. Woo-hoo. So, <laughs> you need to know that. <laughs> and then at the end of show, I don't know if we'll be here for the end of show, but at the end of show, we, we do all of them. So, it's a really good uh, moment at Boat Show when Boat Show ends to it. They do all the, the hooters across the boats. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I'm just going to finish up with Thank you, Kaylee, for bringing to coming to see us down Thank at Boat Show because Kaylee uh, lives at Byron Bay and um, she is our Byron Bay Division for Venus Getaways and she is bringing all of those beautiful five-star skills to our getaways with her care and her attention and those brilliant organisational skills we have and we're really grateful for that. But most of all, she's a very beautiful soul and it's lovely to know her and to have her in our world. So... Thank you, Kayla Porter Smith. It's been lovely to see you.
1: Thank you, Nikki. I got really so much back to that. It was incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh, you had a tear there. That's a lot, <laughs> a lot of comments, to t- um, compliments to take. Thank you. Um, pleasure being here, and I'm just so grateful to be here um, amongst the beautiful women. And yeah, I had not, didn't really know what to expect today, so this has just been incredible. And I'm so grateful to be connecting back to the yachting industry too.
0: Awesome. Bye. Thanks, Kaylee. <laughs> Is the boat princess out? I'll see you on the water soon. Well, that was lovely catching up with Kaylee at Sanctuary Cove Boat Show. She is such a delight. And that was one of the few boat shows we managed to get in 2021, thanks to COVID. Um, such a great event. Um, and I really enjoyed catching up with so many people there. The super yacht industry is one in which women can truly travel right to captain and probably the easiest place to start looking for a career path in that space is to go to marinejobs.org.au that is a site that is a collaboration of the boating industry association the marine industries association and also Super Yacht Australia. So it's the perfect place to start looking for your career in super yachts. It's a wonderful space that really, truly teaches you the epitome of service and is a great basis for any career and to travel around the world and see some wonderful sights whilst um, enjoying some really special time on the water. So I hope you have a great weekend, everyone. It has been delightful to be in your ears as always. And I will see you on the water soon.